All right. Welcome back to the Board Drill Podcast. I am here, as always. I'm your co-host, Kyle Bradburn, here with my other co-host, Matt Dixon. And tonight we have a special guest. We have Christian Peterson of Middle Tennessee Christian, uh, first-year head coach who just won the state championship in his first year as a head coach. So big, big props to him. Congratulations. Um, Me and Matt are the most jealous people in the podcast because uh, in our first year, we want to combine one game. So it's it's tough, but it's awesome because uh, Hapiti is a good friend of ours. Uh, we're super excited for him, and um, we regret every decision we made. But good for you. Good for you, Christian. <laughs> uh, wait, thank you for coming on. We we appreciate you, man. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> good deal. Good deal. So tonight, um, we're going to talk about being a first-year head coach. Um, it's a, it's an interesting topic. Everyone goes through it. Some people go through really, really good situations. Some people go through rough ones. Um, and we're going to talk everything that goes into that from, you know, how you get to somewhere. Cause, cause Christian, you also went to another state. Now I know you were there as a coordinator first, but we can talk about even moving into another state and taking over and all this different stuff. So tonight we're going to cover those aspects. Um, so why don't you first just start off, tell us how it was being a first year head coach and, and kind of give us a little breakdown. Yeah. So, uh, really just kind of drinking out of a fire hose for most of the year. You know, I got, I got named uh, head coach a week into spring practice. Oh. So I kind of ran spring practice for a week and then it went official that I was the head coach <laughs> for the second week. And, uh, we took a week off then we were into summer and then I blinked and you know, they're turning the scoreboard on their games that were counting and then uh, blinked again. And we're sitting on the bus after after the game on uh, Thursday. And I, kinda, I looked at the OC and I was like, man, like, I don't really know what to do right now. Like, since I got hired, it's just been I got to go. We got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. And really kind of for the first time, we were kind of got to take a deep breath and kind of soak it all in. Yeah, right. You get time to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Christian, um, talk about the transition going, just quickly, the transition going from Florida to a new state and what that experience just overall has been like for you. Hold on. I'm stopping you. First of all, talk about why you left the state of Florida and how much more money you made. I'm joking. I'm joking. But Can we ahead. ask that? Let me answer Matt's question. <laughs> Did we pause? <laughs> So which which one am I answering, guys? I'm kidding. I'm let, kidding. Me re, let me re-ask the question. Okay. What if I ask it as, talk to me about the decision to leave the state of Florida? Yeah. Um, it's really something I had kind of been thinking about for a couple of years. Uh, I was from Oviedo, right? I'm from Florida. And so a lot of the reasons that, that coaches want to be in Florida is I grew up with it, right? Like I grew up with the beaches and the Disney worlds and universals and all that stuff. So it's not as big of a draw for me to stay there. Um, and I really, I wanted to kind of get out of the state and, and try something new, you know, they're being a younger coach, especially a few years ago, you know, you heard so much about how other people view things and view athletics at the, at the high school level. And, you know, it, there's always the grass is always greener on the other side, right? So for me it was kind of this was the time that we could take the plunge and and see if it was better. And for me personally it has been. Um I don't regret the move at all. And uh yeah, I'm not I'm not really in a hurry to try and get back to Florida. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, no doubt. Uh, and, and I don't think it's about um, as much about the state of Florida or certain things about the players or the coaches that are here or anything like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, but this is probably all true. We, fantastic players here, great coaches. They're fun people to be around, but absolutely. the We've, we've talked about it on this podcast before. The, the state of Florida and the state of football in Florida isn't really in a great space right now. And so uh, you see a lot of coaches. We see it every year. We see head coaches in this state leave to go to another state to be even a position coach, not only for more money, but better quality of life, all these other things. So when, when I hear another coach leaving, I, you know, I just kind of shake my head, like, and not because I'm mad at that coach, but because I'm like, man, there goes another one because we are struggling in this state to do a good job of supporting coaches. And, and we do a poor job of that. And again, I'm not saying that's exactly why you left. I'm sure that was a factor, though. And so it's something we talk about every single week. But, you know, I'm excited for you. Tennessee, I know, is a, a great football landscape, so that's a pretty cool thing. Um, you know, maybe one day he'll come back to Florida and, and finish out, maybe get a state title here. Um, yeah. So, all right, going into it, Matt kind of talked about your decision process going make up there. So talk about, uh, and we've kind of covered this on some other things. All right, so let's, let's even push through spring. You got named. Spring was kind of a whirlwind. You got through spring. What was the first thing you did after spring as a head coach? Really, it was just I wanted to meet with all the seniors. Um, I kind of told them, like, I, you know, being there already, I'd been there for two years. I've known them since they were sophomores. So it's not just some new guy coming in and talking to them. But at the same time, it needed to be um, it's your team, right? Like, I'm, I'm, the, I, I'm the guy in charge right now. But this is your senior year. This is your one year of being a senior. And if we're going to be successful, it's going to have to start with you guys. If you guys buy in and you guys, you know, they came to me, really backtrack a little bit. I got named the head coach and our offensive tackle, who's uh, signing with Tennessee here in a couple weeks, comes up to me and basically his words were, it's state title or bust. Everything else is a failure. <laughs> and so, you know, I've had the job so about no, 24 no hours. No pressure, and, coach. No pressure yeah. whatsoever. Had State the job title or bust, first year head coach. Yeah, right? So I had a job 24 hours. And I'm being told by, you know, our, our biggest name prospect that, you know, we got to go win the state title or it's a failure. Um, you know, but I really just kind of embraced it, right? <laughs> we just embraced it and and understanding that, like, okay, like, that's what we want to do. Like, I think we're talented enough to do it. But I see teams all the time that are talented enough to do it and don't do it. Right. So we're going to have to work really hard from now until till the end of the season. And, uh, you know, they never blinked. Uh, if, if practice, if energy was low, I could, you know, lean on one of the seniors and they'd get it right back to where it needed to be. And, you know, from little things of making sure the locker room was was run the way it needed to be run, where everything's clean, everything's where it's supposed to go. The helmets face the same direction. Like those seem like small things, but I never really had to police that. I think there were twice in the entire time this whole school year where I had to, somebody had their helmet the wrong way or someone had their shoulder pads in the wrong spot. And honestly, both times it was a kid that left early that was just putting stuff in there and leaving. And so, you know, when, when the kids are doing all of those little things, it makes my job a lot easier. So you didn't have to like go Rick Trickett in the locker room on them? <laughs> no, not, not with this group. <laughs> Talking about, um, the players taking ownership of the program, 
say a little bit about like maybe your core tenants of the program. Like uh, what did you come in focusing with the players? What were your focuses as a first year head coach? What did you want to see out of your players? Yeah. I mean, for them, I kind of told them that I had the, the same, I'd have the same process they did, right? Like we just all needed to control what we can control, right? For them, especially for the seniors, a bomb got dropped on them. They're, they're spring going into their senior year. They're hyped up. They're ready to go. You know, no one had ever won a team championship at MTCS. And so, you know, spring practice is about to start and a bomb gets dropped on them. And so for them and for us, it was, let's control our attitude. Let's control our effort, right? Let's, you know, let's play with good intensity, right? Like let's control all the things we can control every day. And if we do that, we're going to put ourselves in a good spot. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that goes a lot into it. Control what you can control is such a hard thing. Um, we see it all the time. We talk about it. Even as coaches, we fall into that trap of worrying about things we can't control. And that's such a big message to have. And if you can buy into it, it can be a powerful thing. Uh, we, t- we talk about it all the time. You know, control what you can control. I've said it a hundred times, and then I've been guilty of breaking it a hundred times. So great message. And, and I, I try to follow it in my life even. Um, and I do a pretty mediocre job of that, but have you ever gotten upset at something you shouldn't have gotten upset at? <laughs> Are you talking about me? Yeah. Uh, never, never, never. The never? college football oh, yeah. playoff committee, nothing. None <laughs> of those things have ever pissed me off ever. Um, but it's a good thing because right. Uh, you know, PD, it's not like you went 13 and zero and then weren't allowed in the playoffs. So the good news is you got in, you want to state title. Everything's copacetic. Um, so talk about, you know, you went through the message and all that good stuff. So talk about being a first-time head coach and being in charge of all these things. Because, right, there's so much more to being a head coach than being a football coach. It is yeah. truly running an organization, even at the high school level. And people don't understand this. And I got to be honest with you, this is what I hated about being a head coach. It ain't always about football. In fact, most of the time it's not. And that drove me up the wall. Uh, so talk about the first-time you're having to handle equipment and ordering and all the and fundraising and parent problems and all these different things. So, you know, and you don't have to get super specific about parents because I'll cover that. Uh, but you can talk about talk about everything else. Yeah. So uh, the other thing that was basically I got hired and was, hey, you got to do this was we already had this trip planned to Florida. We were coming coming back to Florida to play Masters Academy. And uh Oh, by the way, you got to fundraise for this and school ends in two and a half weeks. So how much was that trip coach? If you could drop it on us real quick. Oh, uh, it was about 30,000. Oh my God. Kyle, you're going to love this story. Coach, can you raise there? You know, this is funny. And before you tell the story, I'm going to bring it up. We're actually in a couple episodes. We're going to have Joel, Bright- Joel Brighton on who's a local fundraising guy here in town to talk about fundraising. I don't know why he does that thumbs up all the time. Um, but he's going to come on to talk about fundraising. So let's hear how you do it, if there's anything interesting, and we're going to bring that up with Joel. So go ahead. Yeah, so um, our our main fundraiser was a liftathon, right? It's fairly simple, throw it together, yeah. um, you know, hit three main lifts and have people pledge money and uh, kind of raise as much as you can. And especially on that short notice, it was we had two weeks to do it. So the first week was – send out send out all the information that you can possibly send out and try and get as many people signed up as you can and then uh, we'll do the lift on the next week 
And normally there's a little bit harder deadlines than, than what yeah. we ran with. I mean, we had kids finished and I was like, guys, I don't care. You just have to bring something in. Like, um, you know, most of our kids did a really good job. You know, it wasn't really hounding too many of them. Um, but yeah, so then, uh, you know, we had, uh, we had some people who were pretty generous to the program and, you know, they, uh, made sure that it was a trip that we were going to be able to take. And, um, yeah, so we were able to make it happen. Are you, are you allowed to name drop that or no? I don't know. They, they, they didn't really want to be named, but, uh, but yeah, so they, they basically came in and were saying, you know, what do you need? And I'll make sure it happens. I think it's a cool thing. And uh, so we're able that, to. And that's awesome that you have that support already in the community that they're reaching out and, and helping your program however they can, because that's something as a new first year head coach that most people don't get to see before they take the job. You know, am I going to have this community support? Am I going to be able to fundraise in the community? So for you to come in and be able to fund something like that just speaks volumes for your community. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's one of the main reasons I wanted the job. And, uh, you know, it was one of my big, uh, my big sells on, on why I thought I should be hired was, uh, you know, I know these kids, I know this place. And, uh, you know, I had, I had talked with multiple people kind of before I, I went into my interview process. And, uh, you know, one of the main things was, well, everything you're going to say is hypothetical, right? Like you've never, you've never done it. <laughs> Right. So you might have these grand ideas, but if you, you've never actually put them in place, you've watched other people do it, but you've never done it. So how can we know for sure that you're going to be able to do what you say you're going to do? And so I kind of turned it around at the at the last question of the interview was my last statement was basically, look. I don't know who else is sitting in this chair and interviewing. I don't really care. Anything they say about this place or these kids is hypothetical. They don't know this place. They don't know these kids. I care more about these kids than anybody else who sits in this chair. I know what it takes to win here. If I don't know something, I know who to go to, you know, and I think I'm the guy for the job. And that's a great point for coaches that are interviewing at a school that they've worked at. Hey, I've been here. I've been in this place. I know the people. I know the community. I love that, that idea that everything, everybody else is hypothetical. That's awesome. See, that, that's why you listen to this podcast. Cause we just stumble across things, not because Matt and I are skilled, but because we ask enough stupid questions and at some <laughs> point we'll get to a good answer. So, you know, uh, but no, he's right. That's a just great advice for young coaches. And it, it's always tough. Your first interview, everyone remembers their first interview, um, whether it was a good one or a bad one. Mine was horrendous. Mine was actually for a position coach job at, at a division three college. And it's the most laughable thing I've ever done in my entire life. Like I went home and I remember immediately calling my dad and I was like, guess who didn't get the job? He's like, you don't know that, you know, being a good dad. I'm like, Oh no, I know it. <laughs> like, No, we're good. So um, it's great advice for young people. Obviously you want to be prepared and all that, but, but like coach Petey said, like leverage what you know. It, and he did a great job of leveraging being a part of that community and all that stuff. And, and the ability to, like you said, you got in there and then you had someone help help you out with fundraising and stuff. And that that's such a huge portion of the program, especially as a young coach. Uh, we've all been there. I know Matt. Matt's first head coaching job was at a school where fundraising was a lot tougher. Um, and it was a lot different situation. I know that was stressful for him because, listen, 
if you're out there and you're listening and you're not a coach, every coach wants to buy new jerseys for the kid every year, kids every year. Every coach wants to have new stuff. We want to buy new shoulder pads and new helmets, and we want to do trips, and we want to do photo shoots and graphics, and every coach wants that. They just can't afford it, or they don't know where to go to get it. And and don't blame a coach for that. <laughs> it, and, it's tough. And not only did I inherit a situation where you know fundraising was tough, I was kind of on the flip side of what Coach Peterson had, that I was going into a program that I was not very aware of, I went in week two of the fall and the I inherited fall. I inherited thirty grand in debt that the previous coach had run up and they didn't tell me at the interview. The Never disclosed it. So on the backside of it, that that's another negative for going for a school that's that, that you're not familiar with or aware of or or know their full situation. Since we're throwing out interview tips, um ask how much money's in the football budget when you interview. It's important. Not just how much, but where it comes from. Yeah. And if it's zero, it's it's maybe okay as long as it's not thirty grand. <laughs> that was a mistake. And in case anyone's saying that's BS, um, I joined Matt year two and we were still climbing out of that hole, so it's not BS. I, I was there. I was there. All right. We won't name that former coach, but I probably will later if you do. He, he had that he had that account busted out. There's a great hint right there. Um, all right, so back to it. So, Petey, you go through, you fundraise, you get all this stuff going. Why don't you talk about – well, first off, talk about um, the hiring and everything. Did you did you keep your staff together? Have you hired any new guys? How, how did that go? How's that process for you? Yeah, for me, I was blessed. You know, uh, when when the job came open, I was named you interim. hashtag blessed? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and, uh, so when the job came open, I was named interim. And, yeah. uh, you know, we kind of as a staff, we had all gotten together and they were all basically like, yeah, I'm good with that. Like you get it. I'm good. Like, let's, let's ride. You imagine he's so, like, hey, if I get it, you're all fired. Right. <laughs> so, so that, that made it easier. Right. Cause again, you, you go into the, the whole hiring process and they want to know what are you going to do offensively? What are you going to go defensively? You know, you're an offensive guy. Are you going to call all the plays? Um, you know, did you, if, you have a defensive guy and when he leaves, what do you, what do you do? Like, what's your, what's your, what's your backup plan? And so for me, uh, myself and we were co-OCs myself and uh, our, my offensive coordinator this year. Yeah. And he's a quarterback minded guy, backs, running back, stuff like that. And I'm an offensive line minded guy. So like we stand on opposite ends, right? Like I'm, I'm just watching the box. He's telling me if I, I couldn't tell you if the corner's playing really heavy, Honestly, half time couldn't. I'd have no idea, right? I can tell you where the linebackers trying to shoot. I can tell you if they're trying to stun up front, right? And yeah. so, but together we were able to kind of work through that already for two years. And so, and like I told him, I go, look, I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy that takes over and goes, all right, we've done this together for two for two years, but now I know more than you do because I have a different title, right? Like I wasn't going to do that. I was like, I want to do it the same way. Um, you know, that's let's a, just that's so important, coach. And I, I don't mean to cut you off, but. The ability to to realize you don't know it all sometimes, and to not care who gets credit, man, that's such a big deal. Sorry, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to point that out. Again, we we do this to help out coaches everywhere, so I always hope if there's a young coach, we we need to directly point out some things, and that's a great tidbit for a young coach. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, like I don't I don't have every answer, 
right? And we we rotate through so many guys and different personnel packages and things like that. Like we're single wing, we're weird, but we move our backs <laughs> all over the place, right? Like yeah. so like we have a we have a kid that ran for two thousand yards and, and thirty-four touchdowns this year, but he wasn't on the field for every offensive snap, right? Like there's certain certain plays and certain situations where he's not the best option. Right. Yeah. Like there's options where you give him the ball. There's options when you fake him the ball. And then there's sometimes where in that position, he's going to go be the lead blocker. Well, he's yeah. 180 pounds soaking wet. He ain't the guy to do that. Right. We're not trying to run ISO behind him. And so, again, just kind of understanding what we had been. And plus, I knew when we get into a game, there's going to be so much more now that's on my plate, like the timeouts and where we are with with time and, and all these other things that. At the end of the day, if I need to talk to a ref, like I need you to just run it, like just yeah. do your thing. And I, I know I can trust you to do it and you're going to do a great job at it. So like, let's just keep doing what we're doing. And um, if anything, I probably caught a little bit less plays this year. Um, you know, I, the, the biggest difference I'd say is I had veto power, right? Like, <laughs> and I want to run power. We're going to run power, you know, but oh, that, now. you know, other than that, like for the most part, we saw we saw the game similarly, and so we just kind of ran with that. And then, uh, you know, again, coming back to the hiring process, and then we kind of got off topic. No, no, bit. you're good. That was perfect. So, so you had me with running power. I mean, we so were good there. Have you hired anybody since you've taken over? No, I haven't actually. And uh, because this guy gets all the breaks, Matt. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Has not had to hire. You know what, Petey? I'm so jealous of you. Like I'm mad at you, but in a good way. Go ahead, coach. Yeah, you're good. It's, it was one of those things where we really kind of looked at it. And again, we were already in spring when I was named coach. And, you know, we lost we lost two coaches. Um, one was a young guy who I think would have been a, was on a path to be a fantastic coach. And, you know, he was getting married and went to go be a firefighter. And he was like, oh, I'll be around as much as I can. But I've been around a lot yeah. of firefighters that. <laughs> I tried to be a firefighter and coach, and I, I kind of knew, I knew what that meant. Yeah. Um, you know, he still came by as much as he could, and you know, would have loved him to be there. And then another guy just had another opportunity. He had a, he has a middle school age kid, and so he got the opportunity to go coach his kid at a middle school. And so, like, I get it. Like, go go do Correct, go coach yeah. your kid. And so there there was no animosity to anybody that left. There was no bad blood. Um, but we kind of looked at it and, you know, I talked with both coordinators and I was like, if you guys know somebody that you trust that you want to get in, like I'll interview them and we can ride. I was like, but I don't want to just go hire somebody to hire somebody. Yeah. Like, I think we have a staff that can cover all the positions as is like, let's just cover it as is. And then we can look at it at the end of the year of, okay, what did we need? What do we need another guy to do or whatever? And and let's do it when we're not just hiring the first guy who walks through the door. Let's make sure that we're hiring somebody that kind of fits who we are and what our culture is going to be. What are you guys? Um, you guys varsity JV? So we're just varsity right now. Just okay, yeah. So you're a pretty small school. Yeah, we have about 250 high schoolers. Okay. And then we got about 35 high schoolers on the roster. Okay, it's 35. Not bad. I I did 19 one year, so beat that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. We played one game during COVID with 17 players. Yeah, that doesn't sound very fun, Coach. That was the one game we almost won. Uh, we, Coach, we we go down with a minute and a half left. I tell kids, I was like, we're gonna score. We're going for two to win it. 
coach, we score, we go for two, we get it. They throw it uh, like a dig route, and the kid like drills. This is like tiny football in the state of Florida. The kid drills a 54-yard field goal to win it. And when it came off his foot, I was like, oh, we lost. I mean, the kid smoked it. There was no doubt. It wasn't like, oh, this was a dinker and it hit. I mean, the kid split the uprights at 50. The thing would have been good from 65. I was like, oh, okay, see you later. Great game, guys. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no tough. doubt. Uh, so that's a – so. A good deal, you know, you, you have a good staff, and obviously it, it's slightly easier because you have varsity, so it's not like you're trying to fit in JV coaches and freshmen and all these other things. So, um, Now, are you guys K-12 there? So we are three years old through 12th grade. Okay, so, so was there a middle school over program? Middle school, elementary, like the whole the whole nine yards. All right, but so is there... again, blessed there. Like our, my middle school coach has kind of worked with this group all the way up. He has a son who's a seventh grader. And so how we do it is like our middle school team is seventh and eighth grade. And then our elementary team, sixth, it was, that was the names when they started this thing. And as the grades have kind of shifted around, they just never changed it. And so, um, and then prior to that we're flag. And so the guy that's over middle school has kind of been over the elementary program all until this year. And so he kind of told me like, Hey, like, these are the three guys that have kind of been working with me. They have kids that are third grader and a fourth grader. I'm going to be with them to make sure they're doing it right. I'll make sure that elementary's run and then I'll run middle school. And then it was kind of just, Hey man, just check in, make sure, make sure I know what's going on. You know, I'll be at all the games and you know, whenever we, I can be at practice, I'll be at practice. And, uh, but again, just kind of in a, in a good spot where I had people that I could trust to, to run those levels and I didn't need wholesale changes. Like our middle school team went seven and one this year. So they were a successful team. And again, I don't, I don't need to, to go and watch every second of what they do. Like I know they're going to do a good job. Yeah. That's super ha- uh, great to have as a group of guys you can trust and get along with. Um, being a 25 person roster. Can you talk a little bit about, I know on offense you're running single wing. I think on defense, are you odd front? Yeah, three four. Can you can you talk a little bit about transitioning players offense to defense and what you're looking for and and how you do that between the single wing and the odd front? Yeah, so the last two years we had kind of gone in and looked at it as let's rotate guys, especially a lot on the defensive line. And when we get to the fifty, right now we'll put our dudes in and go. And th- and for two years I'd watch teams hold the gold ball. And they had just said, screw it. We're putting our best 11 on the field and that's going to be our guys. Yeah. And so we got into some playoff games where I think some of our best guys got tired just because they weren't used to playing a full game. We had never asked them to do that. And some of that was we got up on people and we were successful. And, you know, there's a lot of factors involved in that. And my kind of thought was from the very beginning was, guys, if like we have Jesse Perry's going to University of Tennessee. He's going to play outside tackle for us, and he's going to play nose guard. And if he absolutely needs a break, you're going to take him out for a play or two, and then he's going to go back in the football. He's, he's the best lineman on the field. Let him play. Right? So really, that's kind of how we ran with it. Our first game was almost a disaster, right? Our first game goes to triple overtime. We had oh, six man. kids cramping. You know, like we have, we have four freshmen running around on defense, and we're trying to make a stop. I'm like, 
I'm sitting there going, man, I just made the like, what am I doing? Like we're <laughs> both ways and I have nobody left. Like we're rolling out kids that we didn't think we're going to play until like week five playing in a game. That's a seven point game. And so, uh, but you know, the just kept working, kept doing it every week, you know, rolling out our, our, our guys. And, you know, we get into the postseason, and we didn't really have to rotate anybody. Right. Occasionally we'd take out a running back or something. They break a long run or, you know, you break a long run on offense. Maybe you don't go in at safety for a couple of plays, but yeah. other than that, it was come to the sideline, get a swig, you're back in in two plays. <laughs> and so that's just kind of how we rolled with it. And at that point it's, you got to stay healthy, right? Yeah. Take some luck, but luckily we were able to stay fairly healthy throughout the year and, you know, got to the state title game with, again, about as healthy as you can be when you get to that point of a season and uh, survived it. Yeah. I, and that's actually an important thing that you kind of touched on. You, you kind of glossed over it pretty quickly, but I, I know some teams um, team I'm close with here in the state of Florida, Florida high has that rule um, that, like you said, they will play, they, they play a lot of guys both ways, but they will play their, their kind of backups when the ball is on the other team's side of the field. And so if they have a big punt, it goes down to the five. They're going to play their backups in big games until that ball starts creeping up towards the 50, and then those guys will go back in uh, if they need a break, right? <laughs> and so that's always a good thing to do to spill those guys. Because like I said, those guys may not want to come out of the game, but you know, like, there's, there's four quarters of this. The kids don't understand that. Coach, I'm, I'm go, 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 right? They're the energizer bunny. And then you get in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden they're dead. So that's a that's a really good point. I think you brought up. Um, I just want to make sure that I didn't get lost in the mix because I've definitely heard that used with a lot of people with with very good outcomes. So, hey, this is when you spill your guys, which makes sense, right? You don't want to have to spill your best player when you're defending, you know, your own goal line. That's that's not when I want to take my dude out when we're on the goal line. I can take him out when we're on your goal line. Defense. I think the other thing too that I was blessed with, right, is. We had a roster of 35, but 13 of them were seniors. And like I had yeah. 13 players in our senior class. And so like, it's just a little different when you're a senior, right? Like you can go a little bit longer. You know, you can you play a little bit harder. You just do. Like well, it's different. Like, you're your 18 and not could be done. <laughs> I mean, we say that all the time, right? It's the same in college when, you, when you're senior heavy. I mean, yeah. those guys are 22 and not 18. In high school, you're, you know, 17, 18. You're not 15 or 14. So. Not only are you a little bigger, stronger, faster, but your mentality is a little better, right? So you, you kind of understand, like, and there's that sense of urgency because a lot of kids know as their senior year, like, they're never playing again. This, this is it. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, with not going to the next level. But you better enjoy it now when you used to tell kids that all the time because you're, you're going to be sitting here talking on a podcast like our old asses here in a little bit. None <laughs> of us going to take any more snaps. So it yeah, is no uh, – Football is something we all love, but it is fleeting. We all wish that we played some more snaps. I don't care what age you're at. You're like, Boy, I wish I could have had, you know, one more game, one more hit, one more, you know, one more whatever. I guess Matt just wants to pull on someone one more time. <laughs> so run buck sweep one more time. <laughs> I just want to run buck sweep in the house, but my girlfriend keeps getting in the way. <laughs> it's more like the counter. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Coach Peterson, I got another question for you. Yeah. Um, you know, as a first-year head coach, I had a lot of situations where it was like, man, I didn't need to know. I didn't know that I needed to do that or knew, didn't know that I needed to know about something, right? So what was that point you hit? Did you hit that point this year ago? 
man, I didn't even think about that. I didn't come across my mind until we're in this situation. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was exactly. There was something that happened over summer and was kind of sitting there with my AD. And he's like, hey, have you, and I don't remember what it was now, but it was, it was, hey, have you done this? And I was like, what? no. Oh, you know what it was? It was the coaching's, uh, the certification things. Right? Like, so we're, <laughs> we're about to get into practice, right? We were like a week or so away. And uh, he's like, hey, did you, uh, did you send out the NFHS things? I was like, that's right. That that's my job now. <laughs> send those to people. Like, yeah, Same. let me uh, let me do that real quick. Every and it was coach like, hey guys, really need you to do out. this fast. Like, my bad. Yeah. Every coach rolled their eyes right there, and they oh the NFHS. All right, here uh, we go. A concussion is these kind of symptoms, and here's little Johnny who has to sit out a week. How many classes do you have to do now on that thing? There is concussion. There is the heat and heat illness and then there's sudden cardiac arrest and then during covid they made you take like a random covid one isn't there a tackling one now the teams have to take as well not not in the state of florida yeah not in tennessee but there's another one that if you aren't there's one in tennessee i don't know if it is in florida but if you aren't a teacher it's like this two and a half hour course that they had to take and you know, luckily I was a teacher, so I didn't have to sit through it. But I remember our young guys coming in, and this was when I was an assistant. Them coming, in, dude. That I started that thing at ten. I didn't realize oh, yeah. that like, I wasn't even done until one o'clock in the morning. And I was like, dude, I'm sorry. Like that, that sucks. But Coach, uh, point of advice: let it run. Click the slides. Take the test. All right. <laughs> we all know. Like other than the probably the the biggest one you the. The biggest one you got to pay attention to is sudden cardiac arrest because if if you haven't seen it, but right, most coaches that have been coaching for more than a couple of years could almost like word for word repeat the sudden cardiac arrest in the heat illness one. Like it's so funny. So new guys definitely do it, but old guys were kind of giggling because it's the problem is they don't update it, and so right, every year we're just taking the same thing over and over. And I'm like, so this is what it's like to sit in my history class. It's a joke. I was a fantastic history teacher. I was the best. Why were your kids in there every year doing it over and over? <laughs> because it was Oak Leaf High School. Uh, somehow Ooh. I'm going to catch flack for that. Someone's yep. going to text me and be like, Oak Leaf is an A, A-rated school. And I'm like, not in my classroom. Um, they didn't give me the scholars, in case you're wondering. Uh, I can say that now because I'm not a teacher, and I don't plan on going back. So if uh, that upsets someone, I don't care. Uh <laughs> Sorry, I'm here for the comedic relief too. I can finally someone finally gave me a mic and let me say whatever I wanted. Uh so going through PD, you have we talked about the uh you know, the things that you didn't expect, all this other stuff. What's give us a couple tidbits like if you had to or let's say you're at clinic season this year and a and a guy walks up to you and he's like, Hey, I just got the head coaching job. What advice do you have for me? What is the first thing you're gonna tell? Remember Run. Oh, no. Remember who you can trust, right? Like there's going to be a whole lot of people that all of a sudden are, are going to be your best friend. And it's because your title changed, right? Remember those guys that you would go and talk to when you were an O-line coach or when you were a coordinator or and it doesn't have to necessarily be your school that you're at right now, right? But like remember the people that, that you would reach out to and you had advice to that that isn't afraid to tell you when it's a dumb idea, right? Because what you're going to do is there's going to be a whole lot of people that want to go and have lunch with you and want to sit down with you and, and hear about all these great things that you're going to do. And they're going to tell you that everything that you say is the best.
best thing they've ever heard. And then if it doesn't work, they're all going to tell you that you're an idiot, right? <laughs> or they're going to tell everybody else that you're an idiot. And so, you know, remember who you was around and who you talked to and whose advice you respected and everything else when, when you were coming up, because like, those are the voices you're going to need to be able to fall back on. And it's not always like, yeah, we went 12 and 0 or 12 and one. And we, we did a lot of really good things, but not everything was, you know, roses every single day. <laughs> right. Like, you know, there's, there's a lot of times where, you know, you looked at it and go, man, I don't, I don't know. Like, man, this, this guy's hurt. Like, what's something that we can do when they're reading the be back, you know, what, what, what can we go to? And, and just different things like that, whether it's football related, whether it's just, man, this budget, like I'm looking at the budget, the numbers aren't making sense. You know, who can you reach out to again? Just remember who it was that was with you on your way up, because that is who you're going to, that's who you're going to need to call. You start calling new people. You, you don't know what these <laughs> answers are going to be. Yeah. It's, um, I feel like it wasn't, too long ago it was now but i think i called matt every day and most of those conversations started with what am i doing <laughs> and it was wasn't because i was it had nothing to do with my players or coaches or anything like that it was just like what am i doing here's the next new problem or here no one walked into my door with good news ever it was only problems <laughs> it felt like no one ever came and was like hey coach guess what great news they were like coach, we got to talk. So-and-so did this or this happened. And I'm like, when is someone going to walk in and just say one positive thing? And I, hopefully as coaches, you got it a lot more than I did and, and other people did too. But man, I felt like I never got good news. It was just one bad thing after another. And so, like you said, if, if, if I didn't have Matt to call every day and a couple other coaches, I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have made it through the, the only year that I made it through as a head coach. I want to join in on that too, because again, like you get a lot more negative information, right? Now, now that you're the head guy, you realize how much didn't get to you, <laughs> even when you were the coordinator, right? And so one of the things I also tried to make sure that I was doing was if there's a kid that's been getting in trouble, right? Like I don't want the only conversations we ever have is when he's in trouble. Yeah. Right. Because then the, then the relationship's going to sour. Right. So I'd go out of my way and try and make sure that even if they haven't gotten in trouble yet. Right. Like I'm making sure that we have those conversations about, you know, how's school going? What's what are you doing outside of school? You know, any anything and everything. Right. Have those conversations that are that are meaningful and impactful. That way, when you have to have those conversations <laughs> of, hey, Stop being a turd, bro. Like, hey, why, why don't you getting an email with your name in it? You know, <laughs> it, it, it's easier, I think, to have those conversations when there's still positive feedback coming back to them also. Because yeah. if it's only ever negative coming from me, then the, the relationship between me and them just aren't going to be very good. And that's a lot easier said than done, right? And I had a roster of 35, right? Yeah. So it's easier with a smaller roster than it would be if I had a roster of 80 in a JV of, of 40 and a freshman of 40, right? I, mine, mine was easier, but at the same time, like even at our school, like I'm in the middle school hallway a lot. Yeah. So I make it a point to, whenever I see our middle school players, like I'm going up asking how they're doing, um, you know, what's going on, what other sports are you playing, all that stuff that way, when they inevitably, cause every high school kid does when they inevitably get in trouble for doing something <laughs> dumb, the first time they talk to me isn't because they were being dumb. Yeah. Right? Like they are, they are, there's already a little bit of a relationship there. 
and every teacher knows your email. I it, For a bunch of people that don't show up to football games, they sure as hell know how to get a hold of me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Coach Peterson, that's that's awesome stuff. I mean, that's wise beyond your years because uh, you, you have to develop those positive relationships with your players, uh, especially if you're going to get honesty out of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, and exactly what you said, you don't always want it to be negative. You don't want to show up and pull a kid out of class and him hang his head. You know, you want to be able to go and have those conversations with your players. And that's, uh, that's absolutely awesome stuff, coach. Yeah. I had a, a mentor tell me one time, you know, and it's kind of cliche, but like kids don't know what you know until they know that you love them. And as cliche as that is, it's a hundred percent true. And I, I always learned that there were the, the kids I was closest to were the same kids. I mean, I could rip those kids on the field and it was always a great relationship. And the kids you didn't have as good a good as good a relationship with, it was a lot harder to discipline them and get on them because it was exactly what you said. They didn't trust you. But boy, if a kid trusts you, I mean, I had some players in my day that I could absolutely rip them to shreds. And two minutes later, we'd be joking and laughing and talking on the sideline like nothing ever happened. And so knowing that you have that bond is way more important. And I'm sure we all have that in life, right? someone that we work that's a coworker, or someone you can take criticism from them a lot more if you're close with them or at least you have a good working relationship than someone you have no relationship with or you don't like you know so that's a it's a great point and, uh, and not just that but another thing that i found amongst the years was if you can't do that and you're not getting along with a player go find someone who does go find that teacher go find that uh media center person the someone that they connect with and make sure that they are communicating with someone. Yeah, and that's I'm going to tell a story on that real quick. When I was at Oakleaf, I was the DC. We had a player. I love this kid to this day. In fact, I probably need to text him after this. Um and he was uh just a stud. Beautiful looking kid. Um but struggled with criticism from every coach but me. And it was weird. It was like no other coach could yell at him at times. And a lot of times our head coach would walk over and be like, I need to go chew out uh, this this kid right now. I'm not going to say his name on there. Uh, but he would probably giggle at that. And, and it was kind of one of those things like I was close with him. I knew mama. I knew little brother. You know, he was on track team, the weightlifting team, which are all things I coached. And it was so funny because coaches look at me and be like, will you go yell at so-and-so because he's being, you know, this and this drill. Because I may be over inside run and they're at one on ones and he's getting into it with the wide receivers. Um, and I have to get over there and be like, what are you doing? What's going on? All that stuff. But it was kind of funny how, man, if another coach yelled at him, his just whole demeanor in practice got bad and I'd have to snatch him up. Like, what are we doing? You know, get, get your crap together. Let's go. So that's a great example of that. And I, I didn't realize now, now that Matt just said that, that's probably what my head coach was doing. And I don't even realize mm-hmm. it. I was like, hey, you need to go talk to, to this kid. And I was like, at the I time, I was like, I oh, yeah. You. Like I handle him. <laughs> I did it to you as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's a, uh, sometimes you got to ninja people's minds when you're the head coach. And we go back to the story that we've told about Matt and the way he deals with assistant coaches on the whiteboard and all that good stuff. So it's a, it's a good point all around. Hey, um, uh, coach Peterson, the reason we had you on today, obviously young coaches, how to be successful. So your, uh, your, your magic solution right now, how to get to the state championship in year one. What's the magic solution? Have really no. good players. <laughs> Have That's what it comes players. down to. Like Experience. We lined up, we lined up and, you know, and we were either equal in talent or better in talent. And I feel like in just about every game we played. Right. And so 
you start you start there and then you know again have we were again blessed to have a, a strong senior class that that trusted me and and knew that everything we were doing was to try and make them better and that nothing was we weren't trying to fill time like we're not trying to fill time at practice like everything we're doing has a purpose and we do has a reason and you know again they just they bought in and we were talented and gave ourselves a chance it's awesome coach we know the best part of your year cherish the worst part of your year as a first year head coach what was the worst thing that happened and I, i'm not asking that to be funny i'm asking that to to see like what it was what happened and how you reacted to it and kind of steered the ship back the correct way yeah so uh really it probably goes back to so we have full-blown like scrimmages in tennessee so we'll, we have three weeks where we can have a scrimmage it's really like scrimmage scrimmage jamboree and then we play like against we play. other teams yeah so we'll have we'll have like two three better. <laughs> go ahead. So we sorry, have no. two three team scrimmages that normally we'll go to, and then we personally for us we'll either do two three team scrimmages or we'll do one three team scrimmage in a jamboree. Okay. So either one for us for us going through, with again roster thirty five, going three straight weeks and then jumping into a season that you're going to go play seven games and before you have a bye week, That's we a lot. like. In a perfect world, we do our two scrimmage weeks, and then we take the jamboree off. This year, we couldn't fill that that scrimmage week. Again, hired late, so we jumped into a jamboree. So we ended up having the scrimmage, jamboree, seven games before our bye week. And the last, that, that scrimmage that we were in, our senior, one of our middle linebackers, breaks his finger, and I'm talking like over here. Like, it was gnarly. Yeah. And so he goes to the doctor and they were basically like, look, you have to have surgery on this thing. Like this isn't just a tape it up and go. Like if it doesn't have surgery, like you might not be able to move your finger Ugh. by the time the season's over. And so to watch him just be devastated, it, but we haven't even started the season yet. Yeah. And he's basically been told you're going to miss two weeks of the season at a minimum. And like, th- those are the parts that's really hard. Right. And then uh, like our big time running back, you know, pulls his hamstring in our, in our big rivalry game week six. And he was trying to make a push for Mr. Football and he can't run. And so he was able to play safety. I don't, I still to this day have no idea how he was able to do it. Made a couple big pass breakups, but he couldn't be real aggressive downhill on the run. We couldn't hand him the ball. So we just kind of had him as a decoy. And then he misses the next week, which we played another team that won a state title in Tennessee. And so that two-week period where he carried the ball a total of six times in two weeks really kind of took him out of the running for Mr. Football. And I know, and he'll tell you now, that he cares way more about winning the state title than he does about winning Mr. Football and all those things. But I know for him personally, (laughs) like that killed him. Yeah, It killed him to not be able to play. And so like those are the times when when it really hurts is when it's your kids that are hurting you know, whether it's an injury or yeah. something happens and they can't go and there's really nothing they can do about it. Like those, that's when it's, it's hard. So I take it since I'm the comedic relief here, you did not share with your senior linebacker, the story of Ronnie Lott. <laughs> no, but one of our other linebackers did. He goes, it's a baby finger, girl, just cut it off. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> That's where, like, you can look back in retrospect and kind of laugh a little bit, but, you know, you're kind of like, oh, that's not facing the right way. We got a problem. So, 
That's oh, a, yeah. You know, I was that's, like, oh, yeah, just just go see the trainer, buddy. Walking and I looked over at RDC like, wow, dude, did you see that thing? Like, <laughs> that thing's like zigzagging. That, that ain't right. He's pointing two directions. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, and we laugh and we can now, and, and hopefully that kid's all right and everything's good. And, and we weren't laughing at his expense, but it's a really great point of, you know, Coach, when I asked you the worst part of your season. Did you guys lose the game? We did. You, you didn't even bring that up. And I think that speaks to, A, your character, but, B, a lot about coaches. We we care a lot more about the kids than we do winning and losing, and that that's a fact. I'm sorry. If anyone wants to argue with that, whatever. But no coach goes out there for the dollars that we make, and I mean dollars, and says, hey, man, I'm going to waste all this time. I'm going to be away from my family. I'm going to be away from my kids with this other group of kids because I care about winning a high school state title rank. No, it's not that important. Um, so, that, Coach, that's just a great point of, like, I said, what's your worst part of your season that you won a state title and you did lose a game and you brought up two different kids that, that could have got more playing time? You know, because of freak things, by the way. That's not your fault. It's not your fault they got hurt. Um, but that's that's awesome. That high level speaks to your character. I, that's an important thing. If you're listening, like, take that to heart. That that matters when you're a coach. It matters a lot. So real quick, um, before we get into kind of our last question that we always ask, um, how was, and I'm going to ask this question for all the wives out there, how did your wife handle the upgrade, you being the head coach, and the time, the extra time that you had to spend away? So, and I think she'd tell you this too, it honestly went a lot smoother than we thought it was going to go, right? Like, so she's a big time person as is, and then she married a football coach. So, you know. <laughs> Not, not, not a great choice on her part, but uh terrible mistake. But, you know, really for me, when, when I took over and really even under like what the program has been, you know, for, for our entire time here is we want the families there, right? Yeah. Like our D line coach has his, has his youngest son at practice with him. You know, uh, you know, my wife and my daughter, they come to practice. Like our, our players know that on Mondays, they're going to be there. And so they, they love it. They get really excited. I think they, they, they get excited because it'll change my mood a little bit for having a rough Monday. Um, Coach can't yell but, in front of his wife. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, it's just, we try and make it as, as family oriented as we can, you know, uh, where it's, it's let them be a part of it. Right. Again, we're, we're about building, building boys into young men. Well, they need to see you being a dad too. Right. Like hundred percent. You're you're not showing them anything if you don't ever be a dad. Like what what are you what are you what are you projecting? And so, you know, we want our kids around. We want them to be a part of it. We want it to be a part of our program. And then uh, you know, on Wednesdays we made it a point to like practice ended. I let all the kids left, they got picked up, and then we went to dinner. Like yeah. and that's what we were gonna do. And then I'll go do whatever I need to do after dinner on Wednesday. But before dinner, I wasn't going to do football stuff. Like I wasn't going to delay dinner for football stuff. Like we were going to go to dinner. And so, and that was just kind of our routine. And then when we have home middle school games on Thursday nights, they'd come up and they'd be with us. And so we just made it a point. Like it's, it's not, it's not always easy, you know, but we were just really intentional with our time. And, you know, we kind of built out what our week can look like and when, when we can, be you know together as a family unit yeah. and and then it's just about making sure that that's a priority like it, nothing is going to come up and, and and change that schedule like those times are in 
and I'll schedule it around it. And yeah. so it's been good. And, and I mean, you can even see from afar the family dynamic you've built there. Saw on Twitter a picture uh, of uh, your players with your daughter walking along with her. And it just really seems like you have a true family dynamic there and uh, awesome stuff to see. It's, gonna, it's huge for your program. Yeah. yeah. I love every second of it. No, it's, it's a good thing. And, you know, I, I was a head coach while married. I was not a head coach while I had my child. There's a part of the reason why I'm not coaching right now is because I have a young daughter and um, not because I don't love it, not because I don't miss it, but there are a few, you know, there's limiting factors between time and money and things like that. And so, it is, uh, it, it's definitely a tough balance. So I, I'm sure your wife was super excited that after the season and she has you back, you're like, Hey, I'm going to hop on a podcast for an hour at night with these two knuckleheads. I used to know. So I'm sure she was like, Oh, great. More football. <laughs> um, all right. Well, so we're, we're going to wrap it up with one last question. Sure. Um, this is the same question we ask everyone. Um, uh, what is the best thing you do in your program or what is the most unique thing you do in your program that you could suggest or share with everyone else? Yeah. And I've, I don't know that it's super unique. I think other people do something similar. But for for me, again, kind of when I went through the hiring process, they said, what's, what's your best trait? And I said, it's relationships. And I, and I was like, and it, it's not close and nothing will ever be more important than that. And so like for us early in the season, we have a dads and decals night. And I wanted to make yeah, it more than just cool. dads come in. They put stickers on a helmet and leave, mm -hmm. right? So we cater it. We bring in, like this year we did Moe's. And then we have each kid stand up and, you know, they, they talk about their dad, why they were important to them, things like that. Oh, so wow. we go all the way around the locker room one by one. We also have a mom's dinner, which generally is a little bit nicer, right? Because dads and decals <laughs> are in the locker room. It smells bad. You know, I'm, I'm not going to throw the moms in there. So, uh, you know, we, again, we cater food. We have moms come. We give each player a rose. And, again, kind of the same deal. Like, stand up, tell everybody, like, you know, tell them something about your mom. Like, what they mean to you, you know, how, just tell them how much you love them, you know, whatever, whatever that case may be. And so we, we hit those things. Uh, this year it was dads and decals at the beginning and uh, mom's dinner at the end. So you're building a brand new high school. Yeah. And so I couldn't get any room or any time to get in <laughs> any of the gyms or the, or the cafeteria or anything. And so I think I'd like to start the year with both of those events. Um, and then really, after that, it was, we have, we, they, they call it, and this is something that's been in place since way before me, they do the dad's prayer. So before every game, when we finish our warmups, we go down to a corner of the end zone, the dads come over, and then one of the dads will, will pray around everybody. And it's just kind of a cool thing that right before we go in, because we don't, we don't go out in shoulder pads. Like we're just in our, on our compressions. So right before we go in and get changed and get ready to play, you know, all the dads are over there and, uh, you know, they get to say that one last thing to them before they get to go play a football game. Yeah. And then uh, as far as players go, it's kind of a similar thing. I started as when I was a line coach, like we have a lineman dinner. And so we just kind of hit up different spots all across Murfreesboro. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. it started as a lineman dinner. And I think our, our last one this week going into the state championship game, I'm looking around and we got a linebacker, we got a running back, we have a DB, like it's just, it turned into, you know, whoever wants to go can go. And uh, it's just, a, it's a, again, it's a good time. Very little football ever gets talked about, or if it is, it's, we're talking about college or NFL. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not talking about MTCS football when we go to dinner. And so again, it's, it's relationships and understanding that it's more than just what's happening on Friday night. 
And some of my favorite memories from being an offensive line coach was things like that, like those lineman dinners, uh, just awesome memories you build with the kids. Yeah, you, you learn so much more about them in, in those settings than you ever would coaching them Monday through Thursday. It's just different. Mm-hmm. It's awesome stuff. Um, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here again. Uh, I'd like to thank my guest, Christian Peterson, uh, for coming on here. Fantastic State champion. State yeah, champion. Year one as a head coach. Everyone is probably jealous that's listening. So again, if you uh, are listening to this, uh, tune in next time. We have two really good ones coming up in the future. We got Coach Avery coming on at some point, finally. Uh, we have Coach McIntyre from Creekside, uh, all coaches down here in Florida. Again, if you're interested or you have anyone that's interested in coming on the Board Drill Podcast, let us know. Reach out to us. You can reach us on uh, email at Podcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at Board Drill Pod. Uh, they didn't give us enough characters to get podcasts in there, so it's just Board Drill Pod to get us on Twitter. Um, so again, uh, for X now. Yeah. Oh, it's X. It's X. Elon Musk would probably cut it's me still out Twitter. Right? It's still <laughs> Twitter. Um, so those are great ways to get a hold of us. Again, if you guys want to hear about a particular topic, if you want a particular guest, I promise I'll reach out to them. They're probably if they're too famous, they're gonna tell me no. Uh, but I'll do my best uh, to solicit as many people as possible. So, again, our goal here is to help high school football coaches uh, all the way across the country with anything that we can bring to the table. We focus predominantly on that, so that's what we do. We're not going to be on here talking about college and NFL ball, not saying we can't talk about some of the schematics with it, um, but our mission statement here is to help out high school football coaches. So if you got any ideas, anyone on there um, that you'd like to get on the podcast, uh, let us know. Hit us up on those contacts. What, what about trying to reach out to Saban and see his formula to get in the college football playoff? Yeah, um, <laughs> I will call uh, Coach Saban later. Uh, he will not pick up my phone call. I know a couple of guys on the staff, um, which was hard because some of them are former Florida State guys. So see, to see them tweet, we're, we're in and we're number four. I was kind of <laughs> like, you traitors. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I love those guys over there. Uh, it sucks my team didn't get in, uh, but it is what it is. We got to control what we can control, right, Petey? And Absolutely. that's going to beat the Georgia Bulldogs on December 30th. So that's how Florida State starts their revenge tour. Uh, if they can knock them off, that'd be awesome. But um, again, Thank you so much for coming on, Coach. Have a great night. Appreciate everything that you've done for us. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Coach Peterson. Thanks, buddy.